0: Hi, this is an audio recording of an online resilience practices class facilitated by Frank Baird on June 16th, 2021. The topic for this class is what to do and when while practicing. This audio recording is made available to you free for your benefit and enjoyment. everyone. Welcome to tonight's resilience practices class. Let's start by with a reminder of resilience. It's the capacity and flexibility with which we meet life. And uh, there's psychological uh, resilience, emotional resilience, and physical resilience. And there, resilience is a set of Interrelated and Complementary Skills. So the good news is they're skills. We can learn them. We can practice them. And we're going to do that tonight. We're going to practice one skill. And the topic for tonight's class is what to do and when to do it. So this is both in terms of life and in terms of practice. I think of practice as an opportunity to create is the word in vitro test tube? It's, it's a little test tube life, right? So you practice in the little test tube or a mind gym. It's not really a test tube because I don't know if you've noticed, but even when you're practicing, that's life. So, so I'm not sure what the right word is. Maybe just I'll stick with mind gym. But what you're doing is you're setting up the conditions where you can where you can practice, where you know you can practice and you're deliberately practicing. So often then the question is, what am I doing? What am I supposed to do? I don't know if you've ever done one of those kinds of meditations where uh, you, you go someplace or you listen to guided meditation and there's like a lot, a lot, a lot of silence, except in your head. And inside your head is the voice going, am I doing this right? I can't be doing this right. I am so stupid, right? And just going on and on and on. So instead of doing that, I'm going to share with you some better things to do. So this is in the context of we're always doing something. And and what you might do right now is literally pause right now and notice, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? And then sometimes a useful follow-up question to that is, how do you know that's what you're doing? And, and that question isn't meant as like, uh, let me confuse myself, right? But it's like, I know what I'm doing because I'm paying attention to something, including the something as, what am I doing? Oh, I'm doing thinking right now. I'm paying attention to thinking I'm lost in thought or my attention is focused on my body and I'm paying attention to particular sensations and then I have a particular attitude about those sensations, right? So noticing what you're doing. So the benefit of these practices is this. So we're always doing something most of what we're doing, I'd like, I almost want to say all, but it's not quite accurate, but most of what we're doing is out of conditioning. It's unconscious or it's reactive. It's not intentional or choiceful. We're just doing it because that's how we learned to do it, whatever it is, including the thoughts I'm thinking. Like you might be surprised if you really pay attention to the thoughts that you have, You've thought most of them before, even the ones that show up and go, hey, I got a good idea. Listen to this one. A lot of times you pay attention and you go, oh, wait, I I had that same experience when I was in eighth grade or something, right? Oh, brilliant idea. Most of what we think we've thought before, most of what we feel we've felt before, most of the sensations we have, we've felt them before. Part of that is because of just the quality of what's possible with sensations, emotions, and thought. But also, it's our conditioning. We get into the habit of thinking a certain way, of feeling a certain way, of sensing a certain way. So, one of the benefits of mindfulness as a resilience practice is that you notice what you're doing, and then you have a choice. You can do what you're doing. You can do the conditioning, you can do the unconscious thing that you're doing, you can be reactive, you can do that, you already know how to do that, and especially if you're already doing that, and you notice, but now you get a choice. Am I going to continue to do that, or am I going to do something different? So to do this, you have to know what you're doing, and you have to answer the question whether to do what you're doing or not, and then you have to know when to do something different and actually i should put another step in this you have to know how to do this something different because sometimes we know we'd like to do something different but we don't have the skill yet to do it differently so what are you doing and then do you want to keep doing that or do you want to do something different and then there's the choice right so even if you do what you were doing you made a choice to continue to do it, which is different. It's intentional. It's choiceful, right? I'm doing what I was doing, but I mean to do it this time. Or I want to do something different. And then if I have the skill and the ability, I'll do something different. So we're going to practice this in a, in a moment. Um, but I want to talk about the overall efforts we uh, make all the time when we're practicing. So the, the the most global way to put this, the biggest way that everything else folds into or comes out of is the effort is to make a gentle effort to be present with whatever is here, right? All of these efforts are uh, related to being present with whatever is here. The benefits of that are are. I wanted to say multitude and then I thought, no, I mean multifold or anyway, I can't talk anymore tonight. Um, There are several benefits to doing this. One is um, when you are able to be more present and less reactive, when you're able to be with this moment the way it is instead of thinking about how you'd like it to be or need it to be different than it is. One of the things that happens is you have more accurate perception about what's going on and the more accurate perception, then if you want to do it differently, you increase the chances of accurately knowing what to do. You still need to know how to do it, right? But you have to perceive what's going on accurately in order to make the right effort uh, in the right direction to make the right change. So a gentle effort to be present with whatever is here, even if we want it to be different, right? It's, I think of this as sequencing. First, make the effort to be present with whatever is here. Then with, uh, you might call it clear sight, clearly recognizing what's actually happening, not just what I think is happening, what I feel is happening, not just whether I like what's happening or don't like what's happening. Instead, if I have this clearer perception then sometimes I go, yeah, I want it to be different, so I'm going to do the thing to make it different. And sometimes you might notice, yeah, there is nothing I can do to make this different, so the best thing to do is to make the effort at being more accepting, leaning more into the direction of accepting, even if I can never get there or get close enough. But that will be a lot less frustrating than trying to change something I can't change. So the overall effort, gentle effort, ease should be a part of your practice. Gentle effort to be present with whatever is here. And then more specifically, the things that we're doing are one, noticing where attention is, right? That's mindful awareness. What am I paying attention to? Because whatever I'm paying attention to is likely to be the thing that I like or don't like. Whatever I'm paying attention to is likely to be the thing that I'm either being mindful in relation to, intentional in relation to, or trying to do something different, right? Whatever I'm paying attention to is going to be my experience in that moment. The next effort that we're making is cultivating a friendly attitude. So cultivating, heavy emphasis on cultivating. I can't just make myself have a friendly attitude to whatever's going on, but we relate to things differently when we have a friendly attitude than we have like a rejecting or angry attitude. One of the ways you might think about this is when you experience anger in relation to a loved one, either a person or or even a pet. Right? I know my experience of anger in the presence of love is really different, both in terms of how I experience it, but also how I express it, than it is when I'm filled with just like rage and anger, and I don't care about the who or the what it's about. So cultivating a friendly attitude toward our experience, leaning in the direction of being with whatever the experience is, And different words people use are noticing, acknowledging, accepting what's happening, allowing what's happening, welcoming what's happening, embracing what's happening. I I think of each of these words as a little more demanding than the previous, right? So noticing, that takes some effort. I mean, some things uh, are really good at grabbing our attention and getting noticed, but the noticing is the least I can do. Embracing whatever is happening feels like sometimes the most I can do or more than I can do. But leaning in the direction, right, may not get there. The practice is leaning in the direction. And then cultivating curiosity about what is happening, being making a a gentle, friendly effort to be curious rather than judgy, curious about what's happening. Curiosity keeps us connected. And some of the things we discover with curiosity uh, are things like, you know, our experience of something unpleasant, the unpleasant doesn't last forever. If I'm staying curious and paying attention, I'll notice things come and go. Maybe it doesn't go as quickly as I'd like or as thoroughly as I'd like, but I might notice something like impermanence. Or the other thing I might notice, which I like to to phrase it this way, the other really weird thing is that even in the presence of unpleasantness, sometimes there are little bits of pleasant. One of the places I experience pleasant a lot in relation to the unpleasant is when I notice that I'm skillfully in relationship with the unpleasant, when I notice that I can be mindful, that I can have something of a friendly attitude, that I can lean in the direction of being with the unpleasant phenomena or stimuli, then there's kind of a pleasant sense of, okay, this is hard, but I'm doing it. I guess maybe another example of that might be when I was young and flexible and before I sat for a year and a half in my office, I loved skiing. And, um, you know, you start out with what they call the bunny slopes, which is barely a slope at all, and try to keep standing up and try to be able to move and stop yourself, right? And then I would get really excited about longer and harder uh, runs, Right, so then I it was a hard run, and I could experience some pleasure or satisfaction in being successful in making the run. And interestingly enough, even if I didn't quite make the run, meaning I fell down, I never crashed into anything, which was really a good thing. But uh, you know, even if I fell down, there wasn't the sense of oh I failed. There was a sense of one that was fun. I noticed that the the most fun thing for me when learning to ski was falling down because I hadn't done that since I was a little kid. Um, But the other part of the fun of doing the run and not making it all the way down the run was at least I tried and I had fun while I was doing it. So we're going to do this practice and the easiest way to do this is just listen to my voice. I'm going to provide some instructions and um, their suggestions, try this with your attention, try that with your attention. I invite you to get comfortable. So you can do this sitting or standing or lying down. And if you take up one of these postures, I encourage you to invite as much stillness into the posture as you can. Or you can do this walking or moving around. And the invitation then is to slow down the walking or moving around. The, the benefit to stillness and slowness is that we can notice some things more subtle, too subtle to notice when we're busy uh, rushing around, or even if we're not just rushing, we're just doing the things we do out of habit, right? The benefit of the habit is that I don't have to pay attention So I don't, I don't have to pay attention to how to walk. I know how to walk unless I'm having some trouble walking, either physical discomfort or vertigo or something like that, or really difficult, you know, uh, four foot deep snow or something, right? I don't have to pay attention and the benefit of paying attention. One of the benefits is I'm, I'm now mindful and I have more choices about how to relate to what I'm doing or how I'm doing what I'm doing. So invite stillness, invite slowness. Your eyes can be open or closed during this practice. And then if you experience any discomfort, I I, I like to think of discomfort this way. It's it's inevitable and it's always unasked for. Um, and, And one of the reasons, so one of the effects of too much discomfort in life, and it not being asked for is that we then don't recognize opportunities when we might work with it, or sometimes people use the language work through it. So part of this practice can be if there's any discomfort happening now, as you start or comes up during the practice, if you can work with it. See if you can relate to it not as an obstacle, but as a practice opportunity learn about the obstacle, learn about your relationship to it, learn about ways to carry on, even though there's this challenge. And if it's more than mildly challenging, do whatever you need to do to be more comfortable, to be comfortable enough to be present. Because if you can't be comfortable enough to be present and practice, You you, stop, stop what you're doing, because uh, then you'll just be playing out the conditioned reactivity. You won't be actually able to work with what's going on with the discomfort. So trust your judgment about whatever it is you need to do, including ending practice for now. So with that said, let's do this practice. So one of the things to do when you start, so one of the what to do's and when to do it, is to start with the intention, I'm going to practice now. Some people like the word meditation and they think of what we're about to do as a meditation. So you might intentionally say to yourself, I'm going to meditate now. And if you have an adverse reaction to the word meditation, I'm going to practice now. I'm going to practice. So starting with setting the intention, however you do that. Some people do it with that little voice in their head that says, I'm going to practice now. I don't know if that's how your little voice is. Um, Some people don't have that little voice. So however it is, you set the intention. I'm going to practice now. And sometimes at the start, it's helpful to take a deep breath. So you might take a slow, deep, full inhalation. And then when your lungs are as full as they can be, you might pause just for a moment, hold your breath just for a moment, and then slowly and fully exhale. If you'd like, you might do this a couple of more times. It does a couple of things. One is, it tends to help in settling the body, adjusting your breathing in this way. And it's a way of announcing to your body, I'm going to do practice now. I'm not just thinking about it. Not just preparing for it. I'm going to do it now and then the what to do at the beginning of practice is kind of checking in with what's here right now. You can do this a number of ways. Noticing the space you're in. Noticing any thinking that's happening. Noticing any emotions that are happening. And noticing anything happening in the body. You might bring attention to breathing and feel the body breathing. Different practices have different things you can do with breathing for different benefits. For our purposes, I like to bring attention to breathing and just let it happen. Just be with whatever breathing is happening right now. And you can use breathing as an attention anchor or a meditation anchor. You can use it as a place to rest attention. The world is always making demands for our attention. Sometimes our mind is, sometimes our emotions are, sometimes our body is making demands for our attention. And for this practice, you might bring attention to breathing and let it rest there. For now, taking up the attitude of the only thing I need to do right now, just because I decided. Right, The world didn't decide, my thinking didn't decide for me, because I decided right now, I'm just going to let attention rest with this breath, this breath that's happening right now. And inevitably, attention will wander off or it'll get pulled away. And in terms of practice, the what to do is when you notice that that's happened, when attention is anywhere other than where you intended for it to be for the purposes of your practice. When you notice, gently bring it back to your attention anchor. In our practice today, gently bringing it back to breathing, to feeling breathing happening. Noticing where attention is now. So the what to do is noticing where attention is. And if it's where you intended it to be, the what to do is be with it. And if attention is anywhere other than where you intended it to be, there are a couple of things to do. One is with a friendly attitude, right? So the to-do is to resist judging. Resist it as, as best you can. Resist judging and gently bring attention back to where you intended it to be. In today's practice, gently bringing it back to Breathing. Noticing again, where is attention now? Another attention anchor you might play around with is the question, What am I doing now? And don't spend a lot of time answering the question. Let the question be a prompt to notice where your attention is. And again, if it's where you intended it to be, Be with wherever it is. And if your attention was anywhere else, doesn't matter what the reason is. Maybe it was you were paying attention to sound because you heard something and your attention went there. Or maybe it's because you started thinking about something. Maybe sitting here breathing isn't uh, interesting enough. And your mind needed something more. doesn't matter what it is or why. When you notice, you can bring your attention back to breathing, if you'd like. Or this question, what am I doing now? What am I doing now? What am I doing now? And depending on what you're doing, you either lean into what you're doing, or you make an adjustment. Maybe you redirect your attention, maybe you renew your intention, to practice now. What are you doing now? And also, what attitude do you have right now about what you're doing? Is it a friendly attitude? A judgy attitude? So the what to do is noticing, how am I? paying attention, what's my attitude about what I'm doing? And then depending, if it's friendly enough for now, notice and acknowledge. And if you could benefit from cultivating a friendlier attitude, what do you need to do to do that? Being careful not to spend too much time thinking about this. It's more like notice, adjust, and bring attention back to your attention anchor. Not holding on to the effort, letting go of the effort. Not trying too hard to have a friendly attitude. It's the wrong energy. So sometimes letting go of trying is really helpful. am I doing right now? And how am I doing it? And what do I want to do about it? Leave it alone. Make a friendly adjustment. Making an adjustment is different than liking it or not liking it making an adjustment related to practice is, this is how I do the practice. If my attention goes somewhere else, it doesn't matter where it goes or why. It doesn't matter whether I like it or don't like it. I register whether I like it or don't like it, but I bring my attention back to my attention anchor because that's what I intended to do for my practice. And bringing attention back to your attention anchor, back to breathing, or back to the question, what am I doing? For now, just breathing, just breathing. As we near the end of our practice for tonight, notice what you do when I tell you we have one minute left. What do you do in the presence of this information? doing right now. And to conclude our practice for tonight, if your eyes are closed, you might open them, move them around in their sockets. You might move your head around, especially if you've been looking at screens all day. You might shrug your shoulders, stretch, wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes, yawn if you'd like.